Health and Fertility Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Evelyn Kennedy, a fertility nutritionist with a decade of experience in well-being, nutrition, and a strong background in health promotion, psychology, and a master's in human nutrition. Join me as we navigate the realm of fertility nutrition, hormonal health, and psychological well-being. Let's learn, grow, and glow together. Now let's get into this episode. Hi, this is a trigger warning to let you know that we do talk about miscarriage in this episode. If you do not want to listen to this, please skip ahead. This episode does have themes of fertility, but is also very beneficial to anyone who's interested in hormonal balance and also stress. So keep listening if that's you. Hi, how are you, Dwina? Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Evelyn. Really glad to be here. I'm very excited about today's guest, Edwina Taylor. Can you just give us a bit of background on how you got into fertility and just any background information that you'd like to share with our audience? Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. So I'm a holistic fertility practitioner and a counsellor. And so I've been working in this industry now for nearly 10 years and I absolutely love being able to nurture and nourish women on this journey. I actually lost a baby in my second trimester and we had a little girl and we lost her and it was absolutely devastating being in that space of just having to come back, wanting to have a baby, but at the same time knowing that I just wasn't emotionally in a space or physically where I could actually allow that to happen again. And so I went on this journey I went on this journey of being able to heal and to be able to move into a space where I could then go on to conceive again. However, that wasn't actually this, that was the start of my journey when I look back at it now, but it wasn't actually the reason I got into fertility. I ended up having a girlfriend who came to me several years later and said she was having problems with trying to conceive. Our husbands worked together and we had a glass of wine and a pizza one night and she poured her heart out and said, I've been trying to conceive. We've just had a miscarriage. I'm absolutely gutted. And I shared with her what I went through with miscarriaging. And I said to her, like any beautiful friend would do, if there's anything I can do to help, please let me know. And so that's exactly what she did. She went away and she came back. And at the time I was a a massage therapist working part-time as a massage therapist. And she said to me, would you do this thing called fertility massage on me? So I did some research and looked at some tutorials and researched a little bit into fertility because it's something I hadn't really thought about. And from there, I worked on her for a couple of months and she fell pregnant. And so her son is now coming up for, I think, 10. Um, And that was the start of my journey. I was like, oh my goodness, I then started to attract so many women that would just bump into them and they'd be like, oh, I'm on a fertility journey. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is the universe telling me you need to work in this area. So I contacted the woman, the director of fertility massage, who was in London at the time, and she was coming to Sydney and I did a a course with her and basically didn't look back. From there, I then went into counselling. I went into women's health and qualified in those areas. And now I'm studying psychology as well. So everything is Everything's just come together. And since then, I've had worked with thousands of women and I have had high hundreds of babies being born over my nearly 10 years of working in this this field. And so I just feel very blessed. There's a lot of women that 
go through miscarriage as well. So we might have, we, we might fall pregnant on the journey, but then miscarriage and it's supporting them as well. And that's how I got involved in fertility. And I just basically grew my business. The more of the demand was there for women that needed the emotional component more so than the physical of the symptoms. So the way that I work is by blending psychology and embodiment and womb therapy and women's health together so that you're getting a holistic view and you're not just being looked at for your symptoms, you're actually being looked at as a whole person. What else is going on in your world that's not actually working that I can help you with so that you feel safe enough to be able to fall pregnant? So that's a little bit about the background of how I got into the work that I do. Yes, so interesting. It's actually when I first started on the fertility nutrition side of things, I was talking to a client and they were just talking about how amazing you are. (laughs) So I'm I'm so happy to have you on to talk about and obviously that connection with the psychological component is so important. I actually studied psychology as well. So I think in this particular area, it is really important to have that psychological component. So can you please explain the relationship between stress and the nervous system? and how it impacts fertility. Now, I know some people do talk about how we shouldn't think about stress because then that's going to stress us out. But if you can explain the link between fertility and stress and the nervous system for some of our audience, I think that would be really great. No, that's a really great question. And I delved a lot into nervous system work. That's why I started to kind of branch off and do a lot of nervous system work a couple of years ago because I was noticing a real big difference between women who were so stressed, overwhelmed, anxious, not in control, having lots of expectations and lots of patterns and beliefs around it's never going to happen. And stress is actually a physiological and a psychological response that occurs when we have so much demand and pressure on ourselves but we don't have the ability to cope with that. And this is where stress starts to build in the body. And then how that interacts is the stress activates our sympathetic nervous system, which stores all of our body memory and our responses. And this is how then stress is played out in the body and the nervous system is driving it. So I'll give you an example of this is that if you, the stress in your body is like you're perceiving there's a threat, there's something going on here that doesn't feel quite right and there's a threat and it, and it starts to connect into your nervous system by looking at your, you've got your autonomic nervous system, you which is at birth when you're born, you are constantly surveying and looking for ways that you can stay safe and that's usually with your mother. So your mother is like your safe person and so you will normally be scanning the room to see if you're safe and if your mum's there or if your mum's not. And this is how we get into attachment styles as well. We have then the sympathetic nervous system, which is the sympathetic nervous system is connects in with stress. So when we feel under threat or under demand, overwhelmed or anxious, it taps into that sympathetic nervous system and we start to get an increase in our heart rate. We get sweaty palms. We, we get that in, that natural instinct to want to fight or flight, right? So when we're in that sympathetic nervous system, we're heading into fight. Flight is more usually like you want to get away from it. And so this is where you find coping mechanisms like you become a workaholic or you're a perfectionist or you're an overthinker or an overworrier. That's where we step into that flight mode. 
and we do something else because we want to avoid what's actually going on. When we're in fight mode, this is when we become aggressive. This is when we yell, we scream, we have a go. And so those two are predominantly associated with stress, right? When we feel stressed, we either don't want to deal with it and we'll go find a coping mechanism to, to do that or we'll go the other way and we'll get really aggressive and angry and it's usually at someone we love but realistically we're angry with ourselves because of there could be a whole heap of reasons there why and so there's that there's that's the sympathetic nervous system and then we have the parasympathetic nervous system and that's when we have the nervous system responses of fawn and freeze they lay dormant in the body and if you find yourself procrastinating a lot you're stuck in that freeze mode if you feel unmotivated if you know logically i, I need to do X, Y, and Z today, but your body is, and you'll do A, B, and C instead of X, Y, and Z because you're wanting to do things that are easier on the body rather than things that are going to take a lot of time to be able to accomplish and complete. And so we get stuck in that freeze. And then there's the fawn where we're just connecting into people pleasing and putting everybody else's needs before us. And as women, I'm sure Evelyn, you'll agree. <laughs> A lot of the time we can get stuck in that people pleasing, making sure everyone else is okay and not looking after ourselves. And so what does that end up doing for women on a fertility journey? They're trying to conceive, they're trying to look after their partners, their families, and they're letting go of themselves in that process of not giving themselves enough self-care, which then fields into the nervous system of the anger and the repressed frustration of not getting what our needs met. And that starts to play out as stress and overwhelm and anxiety and I can't cope. So that's like a bit of a, a very brief yeah. um, explanation that I can give around stress and the nervous system and how they get, how that comes out and what I see that comes out in fertility is this. If there is a stress and there's that demand to be able to cope, where in your world have you had that before? And it's usually associated around some sort of a trauma. Now, a lot of people will believe that trauma is like your big things, right? So like a loss, a loss of a loved one or even a loss of a baby. It could be a car accident. It could be emotional, sexual or physical abuse. One of those really big traumas that we talk about. But a lot of people don't realise that there's actually little traumas that happen and they cause quite a lot of stress. And those little traumas are subtle comments, subtle repetitive experiences that happen to us that we hold in our nervous system. And every time there is a similar experience, the same thoughts, feelings and behaviours come up and out of the body. And an example of this with fertility would be you get your period. You get your period. You already know that the two-week wait is coming, like it's finishing, and you know that you're going to get a period or you're going to be pregnant. Mm -hmm. And there's that anticipation and that stress and that anxiety of, oh, my God, am I going to get it? The demands, the responsibility, the expectations, everything's there. And then you get that period and then there's the grief and the devastation and the disappointment. And it's all of those, the way that we feel that, not just logically, but the way we feel that and hold that in our body, what I found is often suppressed by clients mm. because they don't, nobody wants to feel that, mm. right? However, that's how the trauma gets stuck in the body. And if this is going on, if women have been trying for three months, six months, six years, that is a repetitive trauma 
that turns into a repetitive stress that holds as a body memory in the nervous system and keeps on coming up and being repeated. And so this is how getting our period every month can be considered as a huge stress for most women on a journey. Wow, that's so powerful. I think so many women will connect with that because there is some support for people who've had like miscarriage, etc. But like when you break it down like that around having your period, there is that grief for people who have been trying, even if it's a month, two months, three months, if they are wanting to have children and has the period, then it can be a really emotional time for that person. So I think that's a really good thing to outline because I don't think many people would actually take that into consideration. And I think some women probably wouldn't maybe think that would be trauma. So I think that's a really great connection. I never even thought about that myself. It's really interesting. Next, we will talk about the signs, the common signs and symptoms of stress that can affect fertility and how can individuals identify and manage these symptoms? Yeah, beautiful. Great question. And so some of the common signs, we've got three areas that we can put this into. So we have our body, we have our mood and we have our behaviour. And so I'm a really big believer, and I've seen this plenty of time with the thousands of women that I've worked with, in that whatever emotion that you are holding, that emotion will be driving the physical body. And then when it hits the physical body, it will cause a behavior. So for instance, let's say disappointment. Disappointment is the emotion. And that comes up when you experience your period, that disappointment comes up and you feel that in your stomach and it feels awful it feels tight and it feels squirmy and it doesn't feel comfortable at all so what are we going to do about that most women won't sit with that they'll go and do something some sort of a behavior to cope with it whether it's eating scrolling have a glass of wine and I know there's lots of women we as practitioners tell them decrease the alcohol Mm -hmm. but there's you know what if that's been somebody's coping mechanism for a long time sometimes it's hard without support to get away from that Mm. and so we find that with the emotion it drives the physical body and then we don't want to feel those physical body triggers and memories and so then we do a coping mechanism so some of the common effects of stress on the body will be your top three things to look out for when conceiving is you have a lowered libido The moment that you're, and this is a tricky one, come on, let's face it, this is not really talked about as often as what I know it could be, but sex becomes very different when you are trying to conceive than it does when we are just in a couple with a partnership. And so this could be a tricky one to navigate, but when you get to, if you're only having sex around that ovulation period and you're not feeling juicy and you're not feeling like really wanting to have sex and there's no mucus and it's not feeling it's not feeling like you've got that spark to want to do that whether you're trying or you're not trying and you feel a bit flat and you feel like oh I just have to do this because this is our opportunity we have to so the first thing that will go is your libido the second thing that will go you'll usually find sleep so your sleep will be impacted you'll notice that you're waking up at different times of the the night. And just to know that every, whatever time you're waking up in the night, that is reflected in an organ in the body that's not happy. 
So what I find is a lot of clients will be frustrated and angry that they're not pregnant and the way they're treated and so on and so on. So between that one and three is the liver hour. And I have a, we have a lot of fertility clients that will wake during that time because it's their body saying, we're not very happy. We're angry, we're frustrated, and it's showing up in our liver. And that's usually a good sign to speak to somebody around how do I heal the liver? How do I heal it emotionally? How do I heal it physically? What kind of things can I do to help that? And that's not just the liver, but there's also waking up at any time of the night is an indication that something's not happy in your body. And that's to speak to somebody about that. And the other one is weight gain. When we're starting to put on weight, that's definitely an indicator that stress is at bay. And I'm not sure about you, Evelyn, but when women are going on an IVF journey, they put on weight and say it's the hormones. It's not the hormones. It's the stress around going through the IVF Mm -hmm. and then the hormones on top of that as well. It's a whole picture. It's not just one thing. So those are the top three common effects of stress. But then you also have things like headaches, upset stomachs fatigue, chest pain, muscle pain, all of those are also connected in with the body effects. Then we have the mood. So we have common effects of stress on our mood, anxiety, restlessness, lack of motivation, feeling overwhelmed or irritable, sadness. These are all to do with stress that you'll feel these emotions. And then we have the behavior, which is what I spoke about previously, scrolling on your phone, watching TV and just zoning out, okay? It's okay to watch Netflix and have a bit of a a Netflix binge, but if we're doing it all of the time, then there's definitely, this is a coping mechanism. Withdrawing from people, also over and under eating. So these are all common stress factors. This, If any of these are going on in your body, there's a pretty good chance that you're experiencing high levels of stress. Wow. So those are the those are like the biggest indications that you that like normal ones that you can come up with. But then you've also got your hormonal changes and this shows up in your menstrual cycle. So noticing how your PMT is will also give you a good indication about what's going on with your stress. And also when we go into fight flight, we drop because we're in that fear, fight flight, fear, threat. Something's a threat zone our body will start to produce more cortisol and adrenaline and pump that through our bodies. And if that's not calmed down and it's carried on all day, you're going to have a crash at about three o'clock and you're going to start to feel exhausted. And this is where you'll go liver, sorry, liver. This is where you're going to go sugar, carbohydrates or a coffee. And I think most people, most women on a fertility journey will totally get this. If you're stressed and you're crashing at three, then we've we've got to do some work around that. But coming back to the menstrual issues, you're going to find that there'll be so much hormonal imbalances happening in your body and in your menstrual cycle, and that will show up in longer or shorter cycles. Most of the time when it comes to stress, they're shorter cycles, and you'll also notice that you'll have spotting before you start your period, and it's usually brown. It's a good indication to show that we don't have enough progesterone in our body to be able to maintain a pregnancy in the second half of after ovulation. And so just a couple of a couple of things to keep an eye on because if you're experiencing any of those and you're not doing anything about it, that is being a massive impact on your fertility. Yeah. Definitely. The shorter luteal phases, that's the whole implantation failure 
a lot of women don't even know potentially why they can't get pregnant. So that's actually really interesting that you mentioned that. A lot of people actually don't even know they're stressed to begin with, (laughs) which is probably an indication that they've been stressed for a very long time. (laughs) So 100%. Because their bodies become so addicted to, and this is a nervous system, this is where the nervous system comes in. If you are more prone to chaotic, dramatic, lots of things, lots of busyness going on, that's what your nervous system is going to be wired to. And it's usually something that shows up in childhood. Okay. And so if your conditioning as a child, it was busy, it was chaotic, there was always something going on, mum and dad were always busy, there was lots of things going on then you're going to often find that as you become an adult those same principles and behaviors are going to be there and so as that because it's connected into your nervous system and your nervous system is just coming is just repeating the patterns that you have in your body for you to stay safe so when you start to do nervous system work and work on healing your nervous system and working out what some of your triggers are in are you fight, flight, fawn or freeze, when you start to become really aware of, okay, how do I trigger? What triggers me to feel stressed? And then how is it that I react from that stress? Then how can I manage that stress? It all comes together and awareness is probably the biggest. It's the first step is just being aware of and understanding how am I triggering and what can I do about this? And that's the, the work that I do in helping women to really understand their bodies from a, a physiological and a psychological way that helps them to thrive as they go through fertility naturally or with IVF or even donor embryos. Mm. I think that is so important because even with a lot of my other guests, what really comes up is that women just don't know enough about their own bodies because we've never been taught. And then when it comes to something like trying to conceive, we need to know all this stuff that we never learned. And it becomes very stressful. For example, like you can only conceive for one, two days of the cycle and you're really stressed. Is it now? Is it now? Is it now? (laughs) Is it now? So the education piece and actually that awareness, as you spoke about, is just really important. So I know you did touch a little bit on this just there, but how does chronic stress affect the hormones involved in the reproductive system? And what are some strategies to restore hormonal balance? So some of the ways, I guess I've, yeah, some of the ways that we can start to regulate our nervous system, because what happens is that if our, our liver is our main organ, in in our body when it comes to fertility right and so this isn't about drinking this is about what food what drinks what environment are you putting into your body and so when we start to take lots of medications and supplements that starts to and can have an effect on our liver and then if that's the case especially if we're stressed and we're dumping cortisol and adrenaline into that liver all of the time the liver becomes congested and then from there it starts telling all of your hormones you're not making enough make some more and it talks to each other all of the different parts of the hormones it starts to talk to all all of them and say make more or make less and this is how we have hormonal disruptors so 
like I said before, if we're getting to three o'clock and we're having a crash, that's a very good sign and you're attracting sugar. Sugar is connected to your liver. And so if you're attracting that sugar, that's usually that's usually a really big sign that, that sugar is, we need to cut down on our sugar for a start, but we're stressed. And if we're wanting to connect to salt and we're wanting like carbohydrates, that's our kidneys. We are burnt out, we're exhausted. So we wanna be able to get homeostasis with the body and come back to calm. So I give this example. So I'm going to give this example because I think it's really relative. So imagine like you're on your way to work. You're on your way to work. You're driving your car. You might have your cup of tea in your hand. You're driving along and somebody cuts in front of you and your body automatically slams on the brakes. The coffee spills everywhere or the tea spills everywhere. And the person that cut in front of you just drives off and you're basically left there with lots of curse words. And in that moment, our body responds before our logical mind does. So when we're stressed, our body will actually respond first and then our mind steps in. Our body has seen the car, slammed on the brakes. Immediately, the stress hormones have been released because it's we're in that threat. So it's gone into fight flight. You've got the increased in heart, the sweaty palms, you've got the dryness in your mouth, and then they carry on and you drive off to work. Now, there's two ways that we can deal with this. The first way is we keep driving to work, we get out of the car, we've done nothing. We walk in and already our everything is elevated. Our nervous system is already at that high-pitched, high level of stress. And then if you carry on your day like that, probably by about 10 o'clock you'll be knackered right? But especially at three, you'll feel that because if you haven't in any way stopped to calm down and come back to homeostasis, you are going to find that your body is just going to keep on pumping out adrenaline and cortisol all day. And then whatever stresses that you have at work will go on top of that. And it becomes this very overwhelming state of mind. The second option is they've cut you off, you dropped your tea. And that's when you go into some sort of a exercise that's going to help bring you back to your body and to calm and cut off that cortisol and adrenaline being pumped into your body. So that looks taking big belly breaths. So breathing in through the nose and the belly all the way in until you can't go anymore and then breathing all the way out until you can't go any further. And doing that a couple of times, what you'll notice if you do that in the car, by the time you get to work, your nervous system will feel at ease you would have cut off the cortisol and the adrenaline and then you would have start your day at work. And then what I usually get my clients to do is check in with their bodies every three hours and just have an alarm that goes off on their phone that says check in and you've got to check in with your body because like you said, Evelyn, stress is thrown around so much. People have forgotten that they don't even know that they're stressed. So that alarm brings them back to that breathing exercise of breathing all the way in through the nose all the way to you can't go any further and then breathing out until you can't go breathe out anymore and just keep doing that a few times. And if they were stressed, they'll come back to calm. And you'll usually notice it pretty quickly because everything will drop and you'll feel heavy. If you've been really stressed, when you start to relax the body, you'll become heavy and tired. So when I have ladies come in and see me and we do lots of nervous system work and they walk out and they're yawning, that's a that's like a trophy in my clinic. If you're yawning, it's a trophy because it means that your nervous system's calming down. They walk out and they go, oh my God, I'm so relaxed, but I'm really tired now. Mm. That's because all of the energy that they have been using to hold themselves at that high level of stress 
hasn't been working for their body. And then, of course, all the other things, making sure that you get to bed early, which I'm sure plenty of fertility ladies is like, I've heard this, but getting to bed early, drinking lots of water, having a really well-nourished diet with a good balance. And just my biggest thing is education, really understanding how your body's reacting and responding and how and what you can do to stop that. So just that breathing exercise in itself is one of the basic tools that you can use to be able to calm your nervous system all the way down. I actually started doing the breathing myself five minutes on the way to work. And I've noticed such a big difference. It, it Actually, breathing is so underrated. Because <laughs> I think most people just don't do, they don't breathe properly as it is. So when you actually put that energy into doing that and slowing down your nervous system, it has such amazing benefits. Like I can definitely vouch for that. But I think that's a really great recommendation. Obviously, sleep is so important. And I think people are being told that it is really one of the important ones like you said but if they can't if they can't get to sleep because they are thinking overthinking things because if you haven't stopped all day and when you go to sleep that's the first time you've stopped all day your thoughts are just going to be consuming of all the things that you have to do Mm -hmm. so a really beautiful exercise to do as well as the breathing is box breathing where you breathe in for four counts Hold the breath for four, exhale out for four and rest for four. And you can place your hands on your womb. It feels really lovely. And as you breathe in, you feel your belly and your womb rising. Mm -hmm. You breathe in for four and you hold. And then for four, exhale out for four and rest for four. And box breathing is another really great exercise to help calm your nervous system all the way down. And it's in the hold. It's in the holding and noticing in your body where you're feeling that tension or you're feeling that tightness and then breathing out and letting that go with it. Amazing. Some really great advice there. Something that I'd love to ask is, could you share any success stories or case studies where individuals have effectively managed their stress levels and improved their fertility outcomes? Just in general, any clients that you've worked with that you've really seen a difference with? I know your program is really effective because I know we had a chat before and I think you said it's 60%, which is that's absolutely outstanding. So it would be lovely to hear some stories if you can share some around some of the people that you've worked with and how you've effectively helped them on their fertility journey. Yeah, absolutely. I have. And yes, so I've had many women that come to me when they're trying to conceive and obviously stress-related problems. One of my one of my main ones that's in my mind because she's recently fallen pregnant and she's into her first trimester now sorry, she's into a second trimester now, which is very exciting. But one of my clients, she was really struggling with a lot of anxiety and a lot of panic attacks, wasn't able to leave the house, was feeling very overwhelmed by a lot of things. If anything changed beyond her control, she found that she went into a complete panic and meltdown and couldn't leave the house. And so we started working together in my six-month program and she noticed within about a month and a half, she started to notice a lot of the signs and the triggers and the way she was doing life. So we started to put in a lot of nervous system work and changing a couple of ways that she, the thought process, because she was very much in that mindset of worry, stress, overwhelm all of the time. And so we worked on that with the nervous system. And within three months, she was leaving the house. 
She was going out on her own. She was able to manage her panic attacks. She actually didn't have any panic attacks for a good four months. Her anxiety levels became like from a probably a 20 down to about a three. And even her partner noticed the changes. He was like, oh, my goodness, I just cannot believe you're like a different person. He also did some work away and he wasn't able to leave because of the way that her the way that she was feeling so she he would obviously miss out on work opportunities to go away because of the fact that she couldn't have him leave because of her anxiety levels and so it got to a space by the time we finished working together he was going away they were so much closer and connective as a couple they felt pregnant and they're now in their second trimester so that was that's probably one of my most recent stories of of how working on the nervous system with fertility had really helped her to feel safe and connected back to her body and doing resets that were able to, she could do that in everyday practice that would help her. So I'm very much realistic. Women these days, if you're working full time and you're trying to conceive and go to appointments and see doctors, and I'm just about out of breath from saying all those things, doing all of the things, um, things. it's a matter of I'm really realistic with giving homework that is just that realistic and Mm. easy to do and it's not going to take half an hour for you to actually calm your nervous system down. You can do it in less than three minutes. So she started to put these tools into place every single day and, as I said, the outcome is amazing. I had another woman, she's 45, and she gave birth earlier this year. She used to work in corporate, so she was very stressed, and when she came to see me she was she actually conceived naturally. Both of these clients conceived naturally. Both were on my six-month program. And she, very stressed, very high stressful job, very male orientated and, and dominant, so very much in her masculine a lot of the time. So wasn't able to show the vulnerability or the creative and passionate side of her. She had to be really in that corporate masculine in control with everything. Yeah. And so, again, her being able to have support and be able to have somebody to speak to on a constant basis and download what was coming up for her and understanding her triggers and why she felt this way and why she was always attracting chaos and drama and doing tools and resetting her body. And it ultimately, Evelyn, with the way that I work, it comes down to if you don't feel safe in your body, your body's not going to conceive. Yeah. Whether that's physically, emotionally or mentally, whether they're aware of it consciously or not. Yeah. If they're not safe, they're not going to fall pregnant. And I have seen this over my years countless times. And these women that I've been working with, they didn't feel safe in their body because if you're experiencing stress and anxiety, you're not safe. Yeah. And we can have the environment, we can have the financially unstable and my relationship's great, but if there is a part of you that feels stressed and anxious, then there's no safety, there's no trust in this will happen and trusting your body. And so it's coming back to reconnecting to the body because women on a fertility journey disconnect from their wombs and their hearts because it's just too hard to connect to that space when you've had devastation after devastation, loss after loss. Yeah, 100%. You actually mentioned two really great points there, one around involving your partner, which I think is left out a lot of the time the woman takes all the burden but I think it is really important to involve your partner just so they're on the same journey as you as that support to feel safe yeah I think that's really important but also the other point that you made is that 
You have to have realistic things that you can incorporate into your life. If you're giving someone so many things to do, that's actually going to cause more stress if that person doesn't do those things because they all feel so crap that they haven't done those things. Whereas if you have a couple of small exercises that will give maximum effect, then it's obviously that's a really beneficial. It's exactly the same with nutrition. So many people think that I'm going to restrict everything from them, but it's all about balance. It's all about looking at like little improvements that you can make. So yeah, I think there are two really important points that you brought up. So please let us know more about how clients can actually work with you and the programs that you offer also, because I'm sure there'll be lots of people who will be really interested because obviously you've shared so many great, just so many great insights into your journey working with clients. If you can just tell us a bit more about your programs. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you've got a lot of worldwide clients, Evelyn. So just letting everybody who's listening know that I do work online or in the clinic. I work with both. And so my six-month program that I offer, which is Conception to Birth, is a really nourishing program where you are completely supported. So as I was saying about the safety, if you don't feel safe and supported in your body emotionally, physically, mentally, then there's going to be an element that's off balance here. So what I aim to do is I see I see clients fortnightly and I also offer them support, weekly support as well, where they can connect in with me and have that counselling aspect, ask questions, vent whatever they need to, run things by me if something triggers them over the weekend. And so... It also comes with a really extensive fertility library where you've got so many different nervous system tools, meditations, yogas, talks about all different types of egg quality and health and sperm. And it's quite an extensive library that they also get along with working with me. And so this is a six month program that I work with women. And as you said, yeah, there's a 60% success rate from doing this work because we are looking at all of the things, not just the symptoms. So there is advice in there around all the physical things. So the diet, the exercise, the sleep, all the things that if you've been on a fertility journey for long enough, you'll know all of the the main elements. And I do go through those. And then also just combating things like your negative self-talk and how to deal with disappointment and grief and jealousy and being able to work out what's been going on in your relationship and is that even safe? Where have you lost that intimacy and that connection with your partner and learning how to come back with that? So it's a really extensive, intensive, deep dive into you and all of the things that make up fertility and helping you to come out of that pregnant and safe. But we need to develop those foundations of feeling safe before we can get to the pregnant part. And then all the tools that you learn are going to help you through pregnancy because you're going to have it's not just about the goal about conceiving we conceive and then oh my goodness what about the next bit which is actually holding this child and then we've got three months of intense nervous system work to do because it's oh my goodness the nervous system's going crazy because it's unknown and it's uncertain and you're like oh my goodness all my anxiety all my stress everything's all back and so we want to be able to use the tools that we did in the program for that And then again, at the end, when we're about to give birth, all that stuff comes back up again because it's unknown. Mm. Mm. Then we have these children 
and you'll be all the tools you learn on the program with me you will be teaching your children those tools because when they're having meltdowns and tantrums the best thing you can give your children is the work that you've been doing so if you've been box breathing and then you get a child that's having a tantrum understanding their needs and their wants and how that conditioning will shape them because you would have already gone through that with me on the program you become a better parent and you'll be able to actually deal with the stuff that comes up then in parenting so the program although six months it sets you up for a lifetime yeah so that's how women can work with me for conception and I also have my up-level program which is specifically for it's a four-week program that's very much connected to the nervous system so understanding the nervous system the triggers how trauma affects us we we also connect in there with what we're holding in our belly and self-talk and so that's a really great introductory start to be able to do that and be supported in understanding your nervous system and you can do both of them together you can do them either side but in the fertility program the one-on-one we go deep dive into a lot of nervous system stuff anyway it's a yeah they're the ways that women can work with me if they're trying to conceive. And if you're in Perth, that six-month program, we have a couple of in-clinic appointments, which are bodywork appointments as well. I can cater for both. Amazing. They sound like absolutely fantastic programs. I know any feedback I've ever had has been absolutely so positive about all the programs that you run. So again, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I know that our listeners will get so much from everything that we spoke about today. I will leave all of your details in the show notes so people can actually have a look and they can get in contact with you if they do want to do any of your programs, one-on-ones, etc. Thanks again for coming on, Edwina. We really enjoyed having you. Thanks so much, Evelyn. I really appreciate the opportunity to come and share my passion with your community. And I share a lot of things on Instagram. So if anybody wants to connect in with me, I'm sure you'll put them in the show Mm -hmm. notes and feel free to, for anybody to DM me and ask me any questions about what they've listened to today. I'm always have my DMs open and I love to have a chat about fertility. So that's also a way they can connect with me. Amazing. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Women's Health and Fertility Nutrition Podcast. If you're looking to take your fertility and hormonal health journey to the next level, then don't miss out on our free seven-day fertility and PCOS dive plan. It's packed with valuable information and practical tips to help you optimize your nutrition for improved reproductive health. And that's not all. Be sure to check out our website at www.enhancedfertilitynutrition.org. There you'll find a range of programs and services tailored to your specific needs. Our best practice three-month program, Fertility Focus, is designed to provide you with the support and guidance you need to enhance your fertility nutrition journey. Until next time, keep educating and supporting your journey. Please share this podcast with anyone that may benefit from it and leave me a five-star rating as your act of kindness for the day. See you next time.